This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. It's only Monday, but uh, I think we've got our garbage candidate here for the week, Sam oh. Knight. That's right. Missouri Governor Mike Parson with a real mask-off moment when it comes to the debate about reopening schools. Trump and other Republicans are trying to ensure normalcy by getting schools reopened despite the pandemic. Uh, Public health officials and everybody else are like, this is uh, extremely dangerous to turn schools into vectors of the coronavirus. And we've got Governor Mike Parson just laying it out in, in an interview saying, quote, these kids have got to get back to school They're at the lowest risk possible, and if they do get COVID-19, which they will, and they will when they go to school, they're not going to go to hospitals. They're not going to have to sit in doctor's offices. They're going to go home, and they're going to get over it. (laughs) Well, they're going to go home, and they're going to spread it to their parents and the rest of their family, or they're going to spread it to their teachers who might have to go to hospitals. And even if the vast majority of kids don't get that sick— from coronavirus, some still do. So, and as you pointed out, I don't, I don't remember if it was on uh, the Garbage Can Show last week or on Means Morning News or whatever, one of our content channels recently. It's Garbage Can. Yeah. Uh, when you're dealing with such mass numbers, even s- very small percentages equate to large numbers of people, in this case, kids, dying. It's basically the equivalent of like driving uh, like hundreds of school buses full of kids over a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're just coming out and saying it. So uh, we'll keep an eye on Mike Parson when Friday rolls around for the garbage can show. All right, let's get to it. It's Monday, July 20th, 2020. Here's the news. Once again, federal agents in Portland use chemical weapons against protesters. Portland police confirmed that on Sunday night, DHS troops used tear gas to disperse crowds outside the federal courthouse. Acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf has used the protection of federal property like the courthouse as justification to keep border security agents stationed in the city against the wishes of local elected officials. The mayor of Portland has asked the DHS to leave. The city has seen protest activity since the nationwide uprising against police started more than 50 days ago. It's also been a city selected by the Trump administration to display federal force. Under Wolf's direction, federal agents have been seen repeatedly gassing protesters. Most troubling, videos have emerged of camouflaged DHS agents grabbing protesters off the street and disappearing them in a rented minivans. Wolf has obviously been criticized for these tactics, but he's warning that his agency might take them nationwide. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows said on Monday that the president is considering an executive order to allow DHS to take over other cities experiencing protests, like Chicago and Milwaukee. In response to the actions seen in Portland, Oregon Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum filed suit against several federal agencies alleging that they are engaged in illegal kidnappings. 
During an interview over the weekend, though, Wolf justified DHS actions, including the kidnappings, by noting the presence of graffiti. Quote, I was able to tour the courthouse. I saw the graffiti. I saw the broken windows, the broken doors. End quote. Dang. Damn. I hope the building will be okay, Chad. Democratic Congresswoman Veronica Escobar has called on Wolf to resign. She tweeted, quote, It's one thing to protect federal buildings, quite another for DHS to behave like a secret police force in the shocking way we have seen on video, end quote. Other Democrats in Congress are calling for oversight investigations into DHS. A letter has been sent to the Departments of Justice and Homeland Security Inspectors General to open up probes. 11 days. There are 11 days until the expiration of key relief programs in the March coronavirus stimulus bill. On July 31st, the supplemental $600 per week in unemployment insurance will be gone, absent congressional action. So too will the eviction moratorium on properties with mortgages backed by the federal government. This comes with news that one in three Americans couldn't come up with their full monthly housing payments in June. It looked for some time that Congress and the White House would do nothing about this, with Republicans indulging a range of public health policies from the coronavirus is a hoax to actually it's fine for hundreds of thousands of people to die of coronavirus. But there will at least be negotiations over a second stimulus package. Mark Meadows said yesterday that today top Republicans are meeting to make sure that they're all on the same page. Perhaps they were convinced to move toward a second stimulus by states that shut down again after trying to reopen after dealing with a spike in cases, states like Florida and California. The more likely explanation, though, there are items on their donors' wish list. Several weeks ago, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin told the House Financial Services Committee that he wanted bailouts for the commercial real estate industry and that they couldn't be loans, they had to be gifts. As of yesterday, Republicans' proposal was still taking shape. According to Axios, a top priority is shielding corporate investors from COVID-19 liability, which rules. Axios also said the bill has, quote, a heavy emphasis on education, giving schools increased funds to help prepare for fall reopenings. Translation, they're probably going to try to force kids and teachers back into crowded classrooms, even if it's completely unsafe due to our failure of a healthcare system. We can't know for sure yet, though. The bill is still being finalized. But based on what the Missouri governor said, as Sam noted at the top of the show, yeah, that that is what they want, basically. They want to frog march kids and teachers back into a fucking plague accelerator. Per Axios, Republicans also want money for research and development for a vaccine, which probably means big pharma subsidies in effect, with the government taking no share of the economic benefits for investing in R&D. The GOP is also insisting that state and local governments should get nothing more in relief money while simultaneously pushing for payroll tax cuts. They also want a few hundred billion dollars more for the Paycheck Protection Program. Interestingly, some Republican lawmakers are being thwarted by the White House in seeking money for testing and contact tracing. They want $25 billion dollars, According to Bloomberg, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, quote, has proposed that the funding for coronavirus testing be cut and money included instead for a new FBI headquarters, 
long a priority for Trump. End of quote. The news service did not note this, but we will. The FBI headquarters is pretty much across the street from Trump's D.C. hotel. Surely nothing sketchy is going on here. The total package Republicans are proposing would be worth about $1 trillion, $2 trillion less than Democrats' proposal, which sucks for its own reasons. The so-called HEROES Act was introduced by Dem leaders two months ago in May. It includes the restoration of huge tax cuts for the rich through the state and local tax deduction. Dems also want subsidies for the health insurance industry by propping up the hated convoluted COBRA scheme, giving insurance to laid-off workers. Dems are also looking to tack on bailouts for lobbying firms and landlords. Mnuchin will almost certainly be able to find common ground with them there. Sadly, there seems to be little sense of urgency to get anything done before the July 31st deadline, which, again, is only 11 days away. According to a report in Politico this morning, Mitch McConnell and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi are aiming to have something signed into law three weeks from now. Staying on Capitol Hill, the Senate is returning from recess this week and will join the House in voting on must-pass defense policy legislation, the National Defense Authorization Act. Both chambers are expected to take up the bill this week, which programs the U.S. war machine. The Senate will allow votes on six amendments, including one that would prohibit the U.S. military from transferring military equipment to local police departments. Real news heads will recall this exact debate following the unrest in Ferguson several years ago. It went largely unresolved then. Some issues that both chambers are likely to find agreement on in the next NDAA One, keeping the sprawling U.S. military empire intact. And two, keeping up the purchase of worthless shit from defense contractors. But the House and Senate will consider amendments supported by Democrats and Republicans that would prevent the Trump administration from withdrawing nearly 10,000 U.S. troops currently stationed in Germany. The U.S. currently has 35,000 troops in the country. Congress is determined to not see that number reduced at all. Not at war with Germany. We just have 35,000 troops there. Also, both the House and Senate NDAAs put in orders for more F-35s, the most expensive weapon system in human history, a weapon system that has been plagued by cost and schedule overruns, the latest being its computer guidance system just sucks. The Senate calls for the purchase of 14 more planes at over a billion bucks. The House wants to spend $2 billion more on the planes. Other more controversial amendments likely to be considered this week include measures to rename military bases currently named after Confederate figures and restrictions on the president from raiding military funding to build his southern border wall. Finally, because we aren't sprinting fast enough toward dystopia, federal authorities are exploring the idea of making financial technology more self-regulating. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation released a request for information today to that effect, In its filing, the agency said it was seeking comment on rules governing the adoption of models from third-party providers, specifically, quote, whether a standard-setting and voluntary certification program could be established. In other words, they think it might be chill for a fox to sell you apps that tell you when a fox is near the hen house. Hengarter by Foxco. No E between the D and the R, obviously. The agency noted it was particularly interested in the emerging market for financial technology, also known as fintech, something described by many analysts as fueling a bubble. 
An increasing number of banks are relying on third-party fintech for credit management, risk management, valuation, and stress testing, as the agency remarked. The FDIC said that it currently has the authority to determine whether or not fintech is okay for use. In its filings, the agency also urged banks to be, quote, mindful of consumer protection risks when using third-party models or technologies to ensure that they're compliant with federal lending laws. Looks like uh, they're trying to regulate by sending good vibes. Probably won't work out. As with many shamelessly pro-industry pushes to deregulate, the Trump administration is claiming that it's just looking out for Main Street. From the filings again, quote, many financial institutions, particularly community banks, have indicated to the FDIC that sometimes the costs and other resources associated with deploying models or technologies from third parties can be prohibitive. Wah, wah. Of note, however, the agency said its request applies to all financial institutions, not just the smaller ones with fewer than $1 billion in assets. And that music means the newscast is over, and we're going to move on to the poetry portion of the show where we read haiku for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. This is for Martin. Doesn't it rule how it's too hot to be outside? Thanks, ExxonMobil. Thank you, ExxonMobil. Indeed, and thank you, Martin, for signing up. This one goes out to Kai El Baba Jones. New soccer tactic. Instead of trying to score on corner kicks, don't. I think it'll work out for everyone. <laughs> thank you, Kai El Baba Jones. Apologies uh, if they're not a soccer fan yeah. for the soccer-themed haiku. Apologies if you don't watch the uh, Premier League to uh, understand that joke. Finally, this is for Jill. Please come address us. The Democratic Party wants you, Dracula. Thank you, Jill. And thanks to all the new subscribers. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. That's the show for today. We'll be back tomorrow with some brand new newscasts. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.